the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, which is DePietro.com. It is Monday. We've made it to August. Hopefully, it's going to be a, uh, a great weather month. We have some making up to do for last month with all that rain in July. But folks, the, folks, the uh, the news is nonstop. Now, as far as the variant, it's getting worse. You are going to hear more people talking about possibility of forced vaccinations. Now, I don't think it's going to be the way people think it is. I think some people think that, um, that you know, the government and state officials, local officials are going to go door to door. I don't think that's the way it's going to come down. I think if there's any element of that, it's going to be that many people are going to have a decision to make because of where they work. There's going to be different employers that are going to start to require people to be vaccinated. Not everyone. And then it's going to be up to you on what you want to decide to do. As I've said in the past, I'm not going to try to convince anyone. These are personal decisions. Um, they also, they refuse to recognize that there are some people that they just will never get vaccinated. You know, it was interesting. I was reading the story last week on the air. It was actually in the New York Times where just a, one thing that one number that has not changed is those it's it seems to be around 15 percent now in some parts of the country it's higher but generally 15 percent of the population will just not it's not a matter of you need to convince them you're not going to convince them they're not going to be vaccinated and they refuse to be vaccinated for whatever reason it is true that, you know, a child, you, you cannot have a child into school unless they show that they've been vaccinated against certain things. People talk about when there was polio, people couldn't wait to get the polio vaccine. Many people that have served in the military say that they were getting vaccinated for all sorts of different things and no one questioned. In other countries, they would love to get access to the vaccine. They don't have access to the vaccine. Um, but in this country, people, there's a large number of them for different reasons in different parts of the country. Some parts of the country, it's very high, but they're just refusing to be vaccinated. So if that's you, I do not see a situation um, where the, the government, the state, city, town, whatever, is going to start going door to door, forcing people. However, as this thing moves along, I, some people may have some career decisions to make on whether or not if their employer says listen either you get vaccinated or you're not going to work here but i also want to remind people the latest polls that i've seen 30 percent of hospital workers have not been vaccinated there's a huge number of teachers who have not been vaccinated so before they start going to just regular people day to day um you know i someone told me 50 percent of nursing home employees have not been vaccinated those are some of the areas where I believe they need to focus first, meaning first responders, hospitals, uh, as we know, nursing homes is where it's spread. There are some doctors that have not gotten it, which I don't understand, but there's a long way to go before they start getting down to people just in private sector, just doing their daily job, whatever that may be. But but that that is definitely a problem. Folks, this this variant uh, it's very contagious. It's it's more contagious than the last one. It is spreading rapidly. Um, this is going to be a battle again with the schools. It's going to be a battle with the masks. But that, again, as I've said, I think it, it is still an individual decision. There are people, we still live in a free country. There are people that like to smoke. On every pack of cigarettes, it says dangerous could cause cancer. Some people like to smoke. People like to 
do things that could increase the likelihood that they could end up ending their life prematurely. But that's all part of it. It's all part of uh, their individual decisions. I also want to make a uh, point that, you know, at this point, I think the media has actually been somewhat friendly to him. But the mayor of Providence is, is to me, Mayor Lorza, he's basically just a failed politician. Now, again, I recognize, unfortunately, there's a lot of people, not unfortunately that they don't live in Providence anymore, but a lot of people don't like to visit anymore. And that's something that it should be, you know, it was some time ago, the city was thriving and the skating rink and water fire and the city was safe and good places to go out to dinner. And it's just a complete completely different experience mayor lorza you don't see any meetings with any business leaders you don't see any meetings with trying to get some things built you don't see any meetings with trying to uh, get some companies or businesses to expand uh he's down on his police force he's down on all police forces the city is uh, run amok with atv riders and yet he's trying to push the bike lanes if you how do you ride a, a regular normal bicycle pedal bicycle when you have these atv riders running all over the place and riding all over and threatening people you know like it's mad max um but i think it's time to call him out what it, it's he's a failed mayor he's not a leader he should never have been put in that position he really doesn't have the skill set he doesn't understand priorities he is an activist he's a community organizer is what he is he is not a leader uh he doesn't lead by consensus and and you saw last week what happens when he doesn't get his way and then he just goes to pieces and it all falls apart so at this point and i don't know where it's going to end because he still has an, another year and a half in office but i think it's time to call him out what he is which is a failed leader all right a lot more ahead you're listening to the john DePietro show mega truck and trailer repair call them today commercial trailers diesel equipment serving rhode island and massachusetts 508 336-2110-508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts. It's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508 508- 336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA truck and trailer repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110. It's MEGA truck and trailer repair. Have you been thinking about updating your website? Do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business? Would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years? Contact Karen Etchells at Innovast Digital Marketing. Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www. J. Perry Paving always provides high quality, fair pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving. They offer free estimates. Call them today at 401 401- 732-1730 401-732-1730 you can also find them on facebook it's j perry paving get your driveway paved and if you're a veteran no one has a better package for veterans than j perry paving whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed j perry paving has your back check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving affordable smooth safe to drive on aesthetically appealing Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 
732-1730, for J. Perry Paving. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. We start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, award-winning website, which is DePietro.com. It's time for a segment. Politics this week. Joining me, he is the managing editor, anchorising.com. It's Justin Katz. And Justin, I want to start off with uh, the buzz that actually took off even nationally. I saw CNN picked up on it just because of the footage. Um, there's a lot of different dimensions to this, but I, it would seem now just be this embarrassing confrontation initiated by the mayor of Providence, Mayor Jorge Alorza, in a water fire press, press conference, which really should have just been like a you know, know nothing affair. And instead, went charging up to Governor McKee, security detail, state police got involved. And um, Mayor Lorza has doubled down and will not apologize for it. So I'd like to just start off with that and, and uh, hear some of your observations. Well, I, I do wonder if it was to some extent deliberate, you know, as they run up into the governor's race, you know, he's the voice of the local parents against the school uh, this school establishment at this point <clears throat> that may be his play and if he's not a, the fact that he's not apologizing makes that more likely although it seems like if so he, he the execution is really terrible picking an event like that um, getting that that footage as it as it was portrayed I mean it's the kind of thing if it was deliberate you wait for some kind of a press conference or something about the contract and then show your or something like that. So it does make me wonder. But I think, though, the, the biggest thing that makes it inappropriate to me and probably the most disturbing is that the mayor of the city ought to have an other have other avenues to express those opinions to the governor. Uh, yeah. And if, if that's not happening, that's that's a question. And that could be partly McKee's fault for we for, for the information we we have, which is not much. It could be the mayor's been trying to get some kind of feedback or trying to offer some opinion. And McKee keeps blowing them off. And this was kind of that emotion boiling over. That's possible. Uh, but so I, I'm, I'm still a little bit ambivalent on that point. But the. The thing I keep coming back to in my own mind is I think as inappropriate as it was at that place and for that particular person, the mayor of Providence, I think really that is the attitude we should be seeing a lot more from from Rhode Islanders, from especially Providence parents. I mean, that that kind of flash of anger is something our politicians should be living with every day from the regular voters. So it's, it's to that extent, I can't really blame Eloisa for kind of displaying and modeling what I think more people ought to be doing. I want to let's just play that out. So maybe he wanted in front of the media to be seen that he's he's yelling at the governor. Now, he had had a press briefing. In this inside the state house, shortly before that, and he really didn't get any coverage, so it wasn't immediately following that, but uh, before that, preceding it. But so he might have been hot, but what threw off the execution was, I, I think, the state police that had to step in, and just the fact that he just keep kept reiterating, you know, you have to face the community. Um, what I have found is, all right, let's just say he commanded the spotlight. I'll play that out. I, I'm not convinced of that. I think it was he. He's just he just has bad impulses, and uh, at this point, I don't see him doing a lot of things right. But let's just play that out. He wants to get attention on this. I, what I think he has failed on is he doesn't punch out. You have to be ready with A, B, C, really easy to understand terms uh, to pull apart the contract, but. He, he, he just seems unable to do that. And, and uh, the, to just make it about McKee in the fact you're right. I mean, they send letters back and forth. They obviously don't have a working relationship. Um, I, I, I just think that's where he was ineffective. It's kind of like, you know, someone demanding they, they room, let me talk, let me talk. And then when they get up, they don't have anything to say. That's where I think <laughs> yeah. he really kind of dropped the ball. Yeah, that, that's a good point, and I, I think in a way it's an it's an all of the above all of the above answer, right? I mean, yeah. he, he probably was hot under the collar. Uh, he did blow it, and he probably was doing it on purpose. It's just he if he had had two, I mean, he, he had an opportunity to get a few quotes in the paper, right, by yes. shouting them out to the governor, and he he said you have to face the community, which is kind of ambiguous. Uh, it doesn't really critique anything. Doesn't show him to be knowledgeable about anything um so i wonder i mean he may have been just intending to go up have a little bit of a flash shout that out 
and then move on with the night. But it's possible too that the state police just responded in a way that kind of shook him. <laughs> you know, well, wait, I'm the I'm the mayor here. You're, yeah, you're, they're blocking me like I'm some thug. So he might have been taken taken aback by that, and that threw off his performance a bit. But again, it's it, as you say, it's it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a performance problem and with bad instincts. And if you're gonna if you're gonna try to the, the more unique you're going to try to be in anything, but especially in politics, the more you have to have thought it out and be prepared for unexpected things to happen. Right. Uh, so, that, so that you don't you don't end up looking like a clown and you instead look or a thug. And instead you you look like somebody who who was sincerely angry on behalf of the people and, right. uh, and couldn't right. control it anymore. So the, I think there was a way to probably play it. Uh, but again, uh, the venue, I'm sure, had a lot to do with that problem. And of what he probably wanted was his headline of him being the spokesperson for the angry Providence parent. He gets photos of McKee with this look on his face, like, "What are you doing?" And even Why the other the deal? there with him, yeah, yeah you're just shocked by by this. And can't help but stagecraft is important. And when you're that small a person, you, you physically you, you have to take that into account too. And it just it just the whole thing looked weird and off. And I, I think yes. That, that speaks to his inability to, to think things through and stage them properly. You know, that's an excellent point. And again, folks, our segment is politics this week. You know, Justin, many times, like, it's let's just say it's a consultant and they're going to have someone on a debate stage and they say, you need to be aggressive on that stage. And, and the person doesn't have time to really think it out or practice it out. And that's why sometimes, you know, you had Al Gore, that first President Bush debate where he was just kept interrupting and sighing and, and uh, in this, uh, Alorza could have been on the phone with the consultant. Like, you, you, you know, you need to show everyone you're upset about this and show him you're not going to be silent anymore. But it's in the execution. For instance, in talking about the contract, he could have said, you know, Mayor, why are you so upset? Why am I upset? Because teachers can call out sick Friday and Monday with, you know, and the, there's no accountability because the math scores are, you know, 5% proficiency for math in eighth grade and 10%. Why am I so upset? Because this contract's not going to solve that. And the like, you need he did he didn't have any of that ready. He just you know calling him a coward, and you will get to face the community. I, I think he botched it. Now I went the next day as he was then there because they got you know a couple of new fire engines, and and he ran from the media. I I purposely went to then ask him like you know are you sure you want to still keep calling him a coward and doubling down. So to me, it's like, hey, listen, you know, if you're going to talk the talk, you're going to walk the walk. You're saying face the community. He went scurrying away. I don't know if you saw that video, but scurrying away. I mean, I, I covered Cianci, who was on trial in federal court and would never run from the media. And here's Alorza just had a little dust up with Governor McKee. And there he is taking a beeline and his his aides even lied and said, oh, he'll he'll be over there like a magician, like look over here and then he's going to escape to the right. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. No, yeah, I think that's, that speaks to the, the lack of anybody who really knows the politics and the staging of it. I mean, that's it, there's a reason CNC never ran from a microphone. There's always right. an opportunity if you yes. if you are confident and you you know your if you know your talking points and you know where you want things to go. Every every camera is an opportunity. Right. And I think that's, that's part of it. He could have salvaged a lot more yes. instead of trying to put the whole thing behind him. Instead, even, even if it was completely just, he blew his top at that, at the water fire event, you can still salvage that. Oh, I was just angry because of X, Y, Z and this right. didn't do for Rhode Island's families. And it's really not that difficult of a, of a play to make. I think with, with 15 minutes preparation, either one of us could probably give a few passable lines to the news media along the lines he should have used. Uh, and it's, it just kind of indicates he's, he's just, he's awkward and off and his, his instincts don't seem to go. And I have to wonder, cause he does have money in a bank. So it's not like he's, he's some guy lying, you know, coming up from, from, Providence, who's trying to figure out the whole politics thing on his own without spending any money. So, if they're if his aides are trying to keep him quiet, it might be because they they don't think he can pull it off, or it might be they they're nervous about the maybe one reason he doesn't want to go there is because he doesn't want to upset the teachers union, you know, as he runs for governor. Maybe or, or he's trying to diminish that. I think it's a little too late not to upset them, but uh, so they they could they could be calculating that it's better off to take the hit and look 
kind of inept, which would be another kind of disturbing and strange conclusion. Mm. Um, I'll just say this about Mayor Lorza. A lot of times with him and other politicians, I, I, I always find that, you know, some, I, I just don't think he has good political instincts. And I think at times he and his staff or it's him. I can't dec- decipher if it's one of the two, but could be both. But there's just there's certain moments where sometimes when you get outside of all the press releases and all the arranged statements and so forth, where then like their real hand shows. And that's why debates are always good, because they you can kind of catch them in the unguarded moment. And I go back, Justin Katz, two years ago. It was June. The John Hopkins report came out. And Alorza still went on his mayoral conference to Hawaii. So to me, like that just showed they were tone deaf. They didn't understand the optics, whether it was him saying, like, what do you mean? What's wrong with this? Or his staff not seeing it. But to me, that that was a good indication because it wasn't something you could, you know, that you could test with a, a poll or likely voters or anything. A decision had to be made. The report came out. It showed the schools were a wreck, and and he still was going to leave to go to Hawaii. That that just to me is that shows like I, that's when to me you really get to see behind the curtain because their guard is down. They just make a quick decision, and then obviously it blew up. If you remember, you had to fly back early, and yeah. it turned out to be a terrible decision. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Justin Katz. Our segment. It's politics this week right here on the John DePietro Show. MEGA truck and trailer repair. Call them today. Commercial trailers, diesel equipment, serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, 508-336-2110. 508-336-2110 for MEGA, M-E-G-A, MEGA truck and trailer repair. As I said, commercial trailers, diesel equipment, free estimates, FHWA inspections and Rhode Island State Inspection Station, trailer pickup and delivery, 24-hour mobile service, Serving Rhode Island and Massachusetts, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 24-hour mobile service, and also ABS repairs, brakes, doors. Listen, if it's on a trailer, MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair, they can repair it. Call them today, 508-336-2110, 508-336-2110, it's MEGA Truck and Trailer Repair. If you've been thinking about updating your website or if you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business, you could receive a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional. And she's been doing this work for 25 years. Contact Karen Etchells at InnoVest Digital Marketing. She will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Give Karen a call for a free consultation at 401 321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. Ever in an accident, someone hits your vehicle, it's damaged in some way, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know You could be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. 3340. Did someone damage your vehicle? Whether it's a small fender bender or nearly total vehicle, West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401-272-3340. Our segment is Politics This Week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. Justin, I want to stay with Mayor Lorza, Governor McKee, the teacher's contract. Um, Governor McKee, basically, uh, he settled it. They do have a new deal. Uh, to, to a degree, I, I, I can't fault him. This wasn't his doing. 
He inherited this. This was a governor, Gina Raimondo, Fonte Green. We're going to fix the schools, take it away from Providence, stay taken on, rip it up, contract. The, the teachers basically, they waited it out. It took two years. They got a better deal than the one they have. Supposedly, they're giving up some management rights, but it doesn't seem pretty heavy handed. But if you're Governor McKee, I mean, what's the point of going to war with these people when you basically just inherited the problem? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Although to, to me, it, it keeps coming back to the, the point is it's the right thing to do, right? I mean, they're, they're, the students in Providence are suffering. Uh, they're being failed Correct. by the schools. They're, yes. they're, and there are, there are tons of cultural and social and civic uh, downsides to everything we've seen. And so the, the hugest fault, I mean, the, Raimondo and uh, Infante Green were not wrong to push back and try no. to have a revolutionary contract and all that stuff. They were not wrong. They just failed. Um, and so, you know, McKee's in there. He wanted the job. He's running for governor. And it's, it's just, to me, it's a lot of disappointment that he's, he's just trying to get through the next election. I think he's just selling, selling his soul in, a, in an essence to get labor peace here. And it, when one of the, the real scenes, the real triggers for me are the, the, number of classic kind of union ruses that are in this like professional development oh we got four professional development days yeah that that's not a concession they're getting paid for that that's four extra days of, of pay to often very often to do very little you know sit there and talk and maybe go over some plans or something i mean that's that's almost two thousand dollars for a, a top step teacher so that's not really you know we got something from them this so this is a lot of i, th I think what i predicted beforehand when we heard there had been a resolution was, it was it's a lot of you know just try to make it look like i got something so that we can get labor peace and that's really all they got was yes. labor peace there, and and the bigger tell, perhaps, is that there's nothing, and I can't think of anything off the top of my head that would do this, um, but there's nothing in there that kind of forces or sets up the the transformational contract in the future. In fact, the the five the half percent raise on the very last day of the contract is a show of business as usual. That's a way to give them a raise in the next contract before they even start. Um, and when they negotiate that one, that that half percent's just off the table. It's not like they're going to say, "Okay, well, you got a half percent already, so um, we need to keep this one down." So there's a lot of a lot of that, and you know, we we have more planning periods. Well, that planning periods aren't the problem here, and in fact, that that just puts more pressure to hire more union teachers. So every every sort of trick you see following these things in Rhode Island has is in play here, and so it's it just feels like McKee said. Let's, I just want labor peace. That's all I want. I want you guys not to hate me when we go into the next, the primaries next year. Just give me something that makes it look like I didn't completely fold. Right. Uh, and the, the media eats it up. And I think to me that the three, I, I put up a post on Anchor Rising where in, in essence, you're in the first year, it's like an 11% boost in pay for top step. Yes, teams. I saw that. that. $3,000, just here's a, here's an extra $3,000 for you all. It's just, it's almost an obscene kind of spit in the eye of anybody who, who kind of knows what's going on here. There's, there's no reason for it and that he got nothing for it. That's, I think that's the real, it, as governor, it's, it's a complete failure in my opinion, as a politician, I, I guess we'll see. Um, my, my worry, I, I could almost excuse it if he gets in, he's elected to a full term of his own. And then the he kind of takes off the, the, the cloak and says, dun, 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 you know, I'm now, I'm now McKee the white and uh, sorry, Lord of the Rings reference. Um, I could see that, but I, I suspect that's not going to be the way it is because there's always another election. There's always another reason to fold. And once you start doing it, that's where you go. He may have no choice politically, but I, I think it's the wrong thing to do morally. Yeah. The, I think though, if you really step back the, and it's just the, the window of opportunity here was it, when you're battling that and Randy Weingarten coming in and the they are very powerful and they're organized. And this is professionally run. The window of opportunity was immediately following the John Hopkins report. Uh, Education Commissioner Fonte Green was doing those different, you know, community meetings and parents were coming forward and telling all these sob stories. The, the union were on the heels right at that moment was when Governor Mundo and the Education Commissioner they needed to move really rapidly, quickly. Instead, you 
the more you give them time to kind of regroup and then, you know, that then the next year was the pandemic and then it all gets pushed, pushed out to the to the side. And then it's distance learning anyway. But th- th- this is the problem when you're dealing with professional negotiators. They, they call a timeout. They play the long game. Um, you know, Governor McKee, he, he did make it clear he's going to try to support the charter schools. Um, I, I, I again, I agree with you, but I think at the same time, uh, you know, you don't want to get down to a rabbit hole that it's going to going to cost you the election um, and, and the kids in Providence. Everything you said is correct, except you just have to decide, is that really the hill you want to die on? Because it would be the hill that you would end up maybe dying on if you get them against you take them out of the race i agree with you the right thing to do but this thing wasn't broken overnight it's not going to be fixed overnight but mayor alorza justin you also have to come back to that he had his opportunities he had that he was the mayor for quite some time he certainly could have done some dramatic things i i i really fault him where suddenly now he's you know screaming and this isn't the contract he wanted and everything else but the initial person that he had lunch with and set this in motion with Governor Mundo, she's she's gone. She's no longer the governor. So in a way, you know, maybe he thought that the state was going to do A, B and C. But in the end, the new guy came in and said, I'm just happy if we get, you know, get C and we're going to leave A and B for another day. Yeah, well, you, you don't get failures this big, both the school system and this whole contract negotiation without it being a lot a lot of blame to, to go around and so Lorzo right. certainly as, as we just were discussing is not is not particularly competent as a leader and, and we knew that I think we discussed that back when he was first elected who is this yes. guy what are, what's his experience he's got nothing um, so there is that but I, I just I guess from from McKee even if he's gonna capitulate there could have been things like for example if he had if he had somehow forced into this contract a revisit of Johns Hopkins so set yes. up you know set up the next conflict within the contract so that it looks like it was agreed upon and they, they can't push back quite as hard you know that set up something that triggers some kind of a uh, a, a change I mean that's that was as much as way back when Raimondo first made the the limelight, so to speak, with her pension reform. Uh, I, at the time, I said it wasn't enough and it wasn't going to be a problem, but it had a lot of these features that were attractive. Right. It had triggers. It had a solution. If it goes this way, we're going to do this. And I, I think it was all phony <laughs> at the time, but it, but it, it, that's the kind of thing you need to put into a real solution. And I think that's right. what it is. Everything just feels so, so political. So let's just get to the next election and our next yeah. contract and so little hope for anybody. Uh, and who's suffering from the consequences. Folks, another quick break. A lot more politics this week. Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com, right here on the John DePietro Show. For all your tree needs, call the tree trimming experts in Lincoln. It's Yankee Tree Service. Call them today for a free quote, 401-439-6028. Yankee Tree Service, 401 401- 439-6028 fully insured tree removal company with a licensed arborist yankee tree service they provide various tree services including tree removal pruning land clearing stump grinding and bobcat service check out their website yankeetreeservice.com whether it's for tree removal or stump grinding yankee tree service provides stump grinding so you can enjoy your landscape without the eyesore of old stumps tree pruning you know many times a tree just needs to be pruned instead of completely cut down the licensed arborists with yankee tree service they'll help you decide what's the best treatment plan for your tree emergency service or bucket truck service they'll get up in the bucket call yankee tree service today for a free quote 401-439-6028 or online at yankeetreeservice.com Speaking with Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorrising.com. And um, Justin, so Black Lives Matter, now the PAC, not the Brother Gary, there's different versions of it. You have Black Lives Matter Rhode Island, and then Brother Gary allowed, which I think he regrets now, but allowed this other group, far more activist group, um, to be able to form this uh, political action committee. But out of, out of the blue, they've announced that this Friday is the deadline for Senator Sheldon Whitehouse. They want him to resign Bailey's Beach Club. They're a little behind the eight ball on this because they, the time for this 
really should have been about a month ago, but um, but they've announced they want him to resign or they say they're going to make his life living hell. They're going to start protesting at his house, at his office, at the club. Um, a lot of speculation I've heard from people saying, I can't think of another group that could get away with that. Like, can you imagine if it was a bunch of, at the time, Trump supporters or anyone right wing, they'd, you know, they'd have the uh, the FBI, I think, and Homeland Security and state police knocking on the door about it. But what is your reaction to BLM really um, putting a deadline now on Senator White House? Well, the the first reaction is almost, wow, integrity. Although then you remember they're doing a lot of these these groups are do you can tell they're sitting back trying to think of ways to stay in the headlines, stay relevant. I mean, they right. it was as in Cranston, they were they were involved themselves in a, a yes. housing structure right. issue as if as if that had anything to do with their core mission. So on this one, at least they're in their core mission. It's it's kind of surprising. You 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 expect in Rhode Island for progressive Democrats like White House to get to get a pass. And uh, so if he isn't, then you know even if the time even if it took them a little while to say you know we really should be doing this, uh, then then that's not too bad. And, but from organizationally, I think it it does put them in a pretty good position as, as you say they're not they're probably not going to be arrested <laughs> for you know littering uh, ocean drive out there right in front of of the of billy's beach blocking patrons or anything like that they'll probably get some good you know news stories some some footage and, and video and of them protesting uh and it puts him in an awkward situation i mean just as a, on a human level it's kind of tough if your family's been involved with a club for a long long time and you know now you're you're going to be bringing on protests if they don't pull pull themselves out of course the solution to that is for white house to stop mouthing the progressive line and say you know what y'all are off your rocker this right. is just a club um he can't really do that. So he set himself up for that. And I, so I, in a way it's, it's kind of, you know, the, the internet meme of, of get me my popcorn, you know, let's see, let's see what happens here. I think it'll be interesting, but I I do think there's there's a lot of cynicism to go around. There is. And, um, and, and you don't know with a group like that, if this, you know, is just a demand that they want something, you know, I mean, that this is all just a tactic, you know, um, and just to get to, I, I want to follow up. And again, folks, um, He's the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. Because I think you've uncovered something interesting, and that is Congressman Cicilline is constantly sending out these fundraising emails. And if, if you read the emails, you it's like going back in time or at least a few months. So you think that it's still January. The tone of them, it, it's like it's January, it's January 6th or 7th. And his emails all have this tone of QAnon and Marjorie Taylor Greene and President Trump is still in the mix. And you know, I, I mean, to me, he purposely uses and invokes those groups to admit omit fear from people. And it's all it's all in a fundraising email, which is done by design. Oh, certainly. And he, he's got to do that. Right. I mean, there's no way to go to your to your Rhode Island constituents as a progressive Democrat congressman here and say, I need your money to battle off the Republicans in Rhode Island. I mean, it's just not there. Right. So he needs that national. But when, when I, you actually had uh, posted that email from him, that fundraising email, yes. you know, that's not, he's not unique in that. And that's what I, I dug into for an, it was for an article for accuracy and media, which is AIM.org, AIM.org, and also on Anchor Rising, I, I had a follow-up. But the, the QAnon... <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. Phenomenon is something because you know, as a kind of a professional conservative, um, I, I ever existed really. Uh, and to the extent you hear about it, it's really more almost like a game conservatives are playing. A lot of the, the phrases are kind of cute, you know, the great awakening. You know, some of it, it makes me think of if you saw a group of conservatives quoting a movie like Braveheart or something. It's, but it's not it's kind of tongue in cheek it's not really involved in any kind of an organizational thing, but when the left likes to play this up and what, what really struck me was I, I, when I started looking into it a bit to see who was using QAnon for what purpose, I found a lot of these, I guess you, they're kind of youth magazines and what they do, I'm talking about Buzzfeed, Teen Vogue, Vice, they, they've got, they've got polls. They've got a lot of celebrity news, uh, a lot of clickbait for young adults, a lot of really, uh, it's kind of depressing to read them because they're very, very, sexualized and grotesque almost uh in the view they present to young people but they slip in these stories like my dad joined QAnon what do I do or my mom won't get vaccinated because of QAnon and it's just is weird it just seemed like a weird coalescence and then if you start looking into it you see uh, we saw it a little bit with um 
with Congressman uh, candidate Republican running was on this list that Media Matters um, put together of supposedly QAnon congressmen candidates, uh, which you really don't have to do much if you if you retweet somebody who uses a hashtag that could ambiguously be QAnon, you're on the list. But what the media does, and we've seen this a lot before, is they start to play this up. This this Republican candidate is a supporter of QAnon and won't denounce them, and and so it all goes right back to that that Cicilline, you know fundraising, the QAnon caucus he called it, as oh. if as if this is some shadowy organization, well funded. I guess one of the Koch brothers is is dead now, I think, and uh, the other one's gotten a little more liberal, so they they can't go back to that. Donald Trump's not in office, so they've got to create the, the almost a James Bond villain uh, specter it used to be, uh, and it, it's kind of it's shameful, and I wish more people would see through it. Folks, our segment is politics this week. With me is Justin Katz, managing editor, anchorising.com. And Justin, I just also just want to touch on Mayor Lorza because to me, I, I just think now, now he has another uh, 18 months, year and a half, whatever, a little less than that actually in office as Mayor of Providence. He supposedly is going to run for governor, but I, I just don't see a lot of support. But I, I think he's a good example that people should can, can kind of look at is what happens when you have a true progressive in office because you have to step back and say is providence better because of him or worse and i don't know any i really don't know anyone that thinks that the the capital city is better the between allowing the protesters to run rampant all over the city people are afraid to go to providence you know i was also thinking no one talks about his bike lanes that he put in the bikes that people talk about are the fact that those ATVs roll all over Providence. He does not he has nothing positive to say about his police department, even though, you know, violence is a problem in the city. He, to me, is a good example of just what can happen like a test case. When you put someone in that says, you know, quality of life issues are not a big issue. You don't back the police. You kind of let the place just. It had this element of lawlessness of the protesters running all over the place, the ATVs, the violence. Um, when you think about it, in just a short amount of time, he he really, to me, I don't think the media has been tough enough on him. On just he has basically presided over the destruction over the the city of Providence. Yeah, I think he he is a great example of that. But more broadly, I think. Uh, the media and the other politicians are a great example of it. I mean, you've yes. got this weekend uh, just a, tons of violence. But there was there was a murder, a shooting. There's another shooting, perhaps involved with the ATV biking people, with five people shot. I think that incident. And then there were four separate incidents of stabbings throughout the city yep. all this weekend, which might be maybe in Chicago that's a light weekend, but around here that's that's a pretty heavy, violent weekend, and nobody from the media to the mayor, to his competition. I, there was a statement by city councilor, um, Nerva La Fortune. Uh, they, yeah. they don't, they don't, they all go to the same place. It's guns yes. and it's, it's, we need more basketball leagues or more, oh, more activities for God. kids. But that's what, that's the heart of the progressive because they've taken off their, the quick list you, you can write down of the things they've taken off the table is any talk of youth culture that glorifies violence, any talk of gangs, any talk of illegal immigration, the failing education system, and progressive anti-family policies. All of those, the real causes of violence under a progressive rule are off the table. You can't talk about them. So it's almost like he gets away with it uh, because Nobody will challenge him on the real causes, and the news media doesn't want to talk about it. So it's almost like this great mystery. This it's almost it's almost as if there were a major change in in the weather, and you can't really blame the mayor for that. Of course, then they would probably try to blame corporations for climate change. But uh, that that's really why he's such a great example. Just the the kind of raging uh, incompetence mixed with the inability of the whole system to say anything contrary because we've all they've all agreed you, you just can't talk about these things right and not only that you know if it's guns then it's got to get the guns off the street and then it's knives people getting stabbed not guns then they say well we we need to find them something to do and you know there's never accountability with the individual i've noticed that uh every time it's like he deflects with the atvs it's like we need to get these young people something to do in a place some people mimic it ride it 
they're not young people. They, these, there are men in their late 20s, early 30s. They don't want to go out to West Greenwich or Exeter or somewhere way out. They, they like to ride and cruise around the streets in big packs and they do wheelies. And that, that's the, the culture. That's what they want to do. And, and if anyone notices, they do not go into Cranston because they won't be allowed into Cranston. But you're exactly right. They all work off the same talking points. It's it's never we're going to hold them accountable. This is unacceptable. They always blame. It's it's the you know, like it's kind of cliche of I think we're all you know, I think we're all to blame here. I think we could all learn something like it's a teachable moment. It's it's it you know, when it goes into even that time when someone had a gun at the mall and they shot right outside of Nordstrom and Alorza called them some knucklehead knucklehead. It was a 19 year old with a handgun that could have killed someone. They, they're never, the people, the individuals are never at, at fault to held accountable. It's always society is to blame for their lawlessness and inaction. Yeah, and so, that points to a real mystery of it all to, for me is that you see survey after survey, of, especially of inner city residents who want more police, who want more people put in jail if they do violent things. And yet our political system just does not generate that. So when when Alorza, it was a mystery to me, you know, you've got these roving gangs of ATVs and motorbikes flying through the city dangerously, and one of them gets, gets hurt when the police are trying to stop them. And everybody blames the police as if yes. it was a black lives how easy would it have been for the mayor to say you know what these things happen when you're driving around you're the police have to try to stop you yeah back up that's on you man i mean yes. how hard is it to say that and i have to believe that a majority of voters as scared as they may be to tell an tell an interviewer or a journalist or even a survey uh this kind of thing a majority of voters are going to hear that and go yeah you're right uh that's i I have to believe that enough people are still sane, which means it's really just a small group that's that's all on the same page trying to push this progressive line. Uh, and they, it's, they're kind of in their own echo chamber. And at the end of the day, what they wind up doing is not giving not giving the people an opportunity to vote on on the policies they actually want, because cool. those politicians just can't get their feet under them. Folks, he is the managing editor at AnchorRising.com. It's Justin Katz. Justin, great job, and we will talk to you again. Thank you, John. I'll talk to you soon. This summer, let J.K.L. Engineering keep you and your family nice and cool. J.K.L. Engineering. Call them today, 401-351-7600. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. J.K.L. It's going to be a hot summer ahead. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. Estimates are free. Financing is available. Remember, with J.K.L., 54 years in business, reputation is second to none, especially for technical expertise, customer satisfaction. J.K.L. is an approved National Grid VPI installer. They're also a Navian certified factory dealer. Call J.K.L. for a system replacement, oil to gas for a heat pump. Estimates are free. Financing is available this summer. Call J.K.L. Engineering right now. Remember, they do it right. They do it right the first time. They'll keep you and your family or your employees nice and cool. Call JKL, 401-351-7600. Remember, JKL Engineering, licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts, a carrier factory authorized dealer. It's JKL. Call them, 401-351-7600. This summer, stay nice and cool with JKL Engineering, 401 351 7600. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snoot. His birth was a black tie affair. It's all who you know, like Klaus von Bülow, he just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Shelby complain. He likes clothes with 
Voices with the lead waspy crowds Where for decades kept the Jews away And BLF cannot stay Well, he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs With white faces do you have concerns in 2021? I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club again in this day and age. Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, warehousing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on. On MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight. They have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have a links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top, it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in a library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show, folks, is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today, now offering weekly trash collection services. Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters, and the Facebook page stands out, purple and yellow. Brothers Disposal. Again, offering weekly trash collection services. Call for an estimate, 401-688-0517, 6880517 come on brother call brothers disposal today put a purple dumpster in your driveway maybe you're doing some spring cleaning or maybe you want to clean out that basement the garage the attic call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster in your driveway 401-688-0517 and remember now offering weekly trash collection services call for an estimate it's brothers disposal 401 Six eight eight zero five one seven.